everyone, this is episode 508 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast, which is great on this here Wednesday, August the 8th. Are you hating the rhymes that I make? I will stop. Who is making all these dumb rhymes? It is I, Marcus Ness, your lovely, wonderful host. And if you were wondering, I mean, it should be pretty obvious that it isn't the case given that no one else would make such stupid rhymes. All the words that come out of my mouth, I make them myself. That's right. I make them myself. That may be hinting to something I'll be talking about later. So I'm going to be talking about Dead Cells because uh, I've been playing a bit more of it. And a story related to Dead Cells, which I'm sure everyone listening already is well aware of. If you're not, you will be shortly. I'm going to be talking about some 1979 Revolution, colon, Black Friday, which is an indie game about the Iranian Revolution that came out on PC and mobile platforms last year, maybe even earlier, and is now coming to consoles. And, yeah, that's going to be pretty much it. I have watched all three Austin Powers movies, like I said I was going to watch, and... I think the first two are still great, and the third one is good. But the third one is really just a send-off for the series. It is very referential to the previous two movies, and very cameo-heavy. Uh, it, it's fun, but it's not as standalone, delightful as the first two. And I'm not, whatever. I don't love Beyonce in general, and there's a reason why she's not a huge star acting wise um but yeah so dead cells been playing more of it i was i got really far on the save that i talked about last episode and i was really getting into the groove of it groove of it and enjoying the game more i still have my issues with the progression system and i know that a lot of people love it and they just love the fact that it makes you play the game differently it forces you to try different styles and mess around with different weapons or different things um even though in reality what it's doing is populating the world with these weapons that you could find maybe you won't find them um and other stuff that you can upgrade but i still just i wish everything was there for you to pick and choose what you want to put yourselves into right from the beginning i wish things just weren't locked one of the things I really want to put cells into is the random starting melee weapon skill. And you have to unlock, I don't know, maybe 12 different things before that even uh, is open for you to put cells into. And I don't even know how much that's going to cost, but that's just a bit frustrating. And I know it's not that different from stuff in other games, like in Rogue Legacy, where it, everything has, you know, it's a branching tree. Uh, and things aren't unlocked until you purchase the previous skill. But at the same time, once you purchase just one of those, then it opens up to these things. And it's at least in like something like that, you're not having the skill shoved in your face. You'd be like, hey, see this? You can get to this once you do this, this, and this. No. Like, I don't know what's behind those branches. But in Dead Cells, they're like, hey, you want this, don't you? We know you want it. But guess what? You have to get a bunch of other crap you don't want until you do and it sucks because i'm not against putting myself into other things but like i ended up i think getting a bunch of like bow and arrows and stuff that i don't have any interest in 
messing around with. I don't care. I tried the bow and arrow the first run. Didn't really like it. I'm much more of a shield person starting off. But if I, if I ever find the ice blast, that is my go-to secondary item. But I like found a bunch of bow and arrow blueprints. I don't want to unlock those to get to the things. And I want to spend it on like cheaper things in the beginning so I unlock other things. I don't want to spend 65 on a random bow and arrow. I'm never going to use that. I don't care about the bow and arrow. Stupid. Why are you forcing me to do this, Dead Cells? But you know, I still think it's a solid game. The thing is, there are a lot of reviews that are like 9, 9.5, 10s. I think it's a solid 8. But it's it's not doing anything at the moment that is blowing me away. But there's definitely a lot of game in there, so... Who knows? Maybe my opinion will change. But as it stands, four or five hours, I think maybe like five, six hours in, um, I really do enjoy the game. I just, and maybe part of it is hearing everyone else gush over it. I don't love it. I think the comment's really fun, but I think some of the enemy designs leave a bit to be desired. Uh, and the environments aren't that varied they don't feel all that different uh, visually uh, in terms of the visuals so that's a bit frustrating i wish there was a lot more variance in color and aesthetics from level like it feels much more like bloodborne than dark souls in that sense where bloodborne was just this same style throughout that just varied a bit and dark souls in the series it feels more varied in terms of uh, locational location but uh i do enjoy it i think the comments really solid uh and it's something that as you play more you get comfortable with it and get used to that, how everything works and all that so it is a game i think that gets better the more you play it so there's that and there's a lot of game there so if you are looking for a game that will take a lot of your time Dead Cells is definitely worth checking out for that. But on the topic of Dead Cells, and I, I mentioned previously that there are a lot of places giving it really high scores, one of those sites was IGN. They did give it a 9.7. A 9.7 by one Philip Munchen, or however you say his last name, who tweeted about how he was excited about the first video review he edited himself. And it was for Dead Cells, which he played on the Switch. I'm, I assume, yeah, he, he definitely played on the Switch because he captured all that footage. Uh, and then he posted a video review and a written review for the game. And shortly thereafter, a very small YouTube channel, I think Boomstick Gaming, posted a video that said something along the lines of IGN stole copied what have you my dead cells review what do i do and you watch that video and at first you're like oh there, there are similarities i can see the similarities and then you keep watching and you're like oh well this this part's just word for word this 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 is definitely looking an awful lot like plagiarism and pretty much all of tuesday i was constantly just with my eyes glued to this whole situation Wanted to see how it played out quickly. I think maybe late last, late Monday night, IGN pulled the review and just put a statement that said, we have 
found out about this accusation of plagiarism, we are going to be looking into it, and we'll update you later. I think around 6.30 Central Time on Tuesday p.m., they updated the statement and said that they had let Philip go and that they will be re-reviewing the game and that a review will be on at some point in the future. And it's just a really shitty situation. And it's something that I was just, and I'm still slightly in awe of because I just can't fathom how anyone could ever do that. I, I don't, as someone who has a degree in creative writing, technically my degree is in fiction writing, which is such a piece of shit degree to have because it's just like, oh, what kind of writing do you have a degree in? Oh, I have a degree in bullshit. It's not in creative writing in general, so it's not this that I'm able to write creatively, fiction or nonfiction wise. It's not a nonfiction degree, which you can, you know, use for a lot of things because a lot of writing is nonfiction. It's fiction writing, which I was the last year to get this degree. They just have a degree for creative writing now from the from Columbia College. Um, whatever. But, um, yeah. So, as someone who got a degree in writing and has written a lot, I have never once thought of it consider I, I just can't imagine what goes on in someone's head to, to get to the point where they say to themselves well i don't i can't think of anything myself i'm just gonna go and steal someone else's work to me i would much rather write a piece of shit than take someone's good work like if i'm incapable of writing something good then maybe i shouldn't be writing it's just that that simple so I was just kind of in awe the entire day of just like, how is this happening? And one of the big things is that Philip is a salaried employee. Well, he was a salaried employee at IGN. It wasn't a freelancer, which is, which would be not acceptable, but more potentially under, like it would, I don't even want to say it would make more sense. It would just be like, okay, I kind of get that but a salaried employee. And the thing that really sucks is that it hurts the image of IGN, uh, even though it's only temporarily. I, I don't think it's going to hurt IGN's image in the long run. I think it'll add fuel to the fire for those who already hate IGN, and this is just another thing they can fall back on and be like, hey, remember this? See, IGN is clearly garbage. I and I think there are probably people who hate GameSpot and have for a very long time, and they still go back to the whole Gershman Gate thing. Um, but I don't think most people in the long run will remember this or think of it and be like, oh, well, IGN, you, can't, you clearly can't trust anyone in IGN. Because this is an isolated, it, it's an isolated incident situation to Philip. It is not a company-wide thing. And there's already been in the Kantaku article about this. They found an update where there's a another example of him plagiarizing, I think, a Nintendo Life review for FIFA 18 on the Switch uh, before he got hired at Nintendo, uh, before he got hired at IGN. So there are there's already at least one other example of him plagiarizing, uh, and that's not surprising at all because. Plagiarism isn't something you just accidentally stumble into. 
you are a, you are either somebody who is a plagiarizer or you're not. It is not an isolated thing that you only do once. It is something that is part of your character and just it is who you are. Um, it sucks for the people at IGN who are going to have to go through all of his previous work and see if they are also plagiarized to see what else is there. Um, unless he's willing to admit like, okay, this this was plagiarized, this was like, hopefully he'd maybe try and do that, even though that's not going to save him in any way. Um, and then, you know, I don't say it with glee that he's fired. I'm not happy that he lost his job. I'm never happy to see someone lose their job. But at the same time, I'm not... I don't feel sorry for him because he did this to himself. You know, you don't accidentally plagiarize. It is something you do with intent. And and you, it's something you know is bad, especially if you're in this field. Um, it just sucks. It, it's... it's if I feel like, personally for me, it is career-ending for a... He's not a journalist. I wouldn't call him a journalist. I wouldn't call him a critic. Uh, you know, they're, they're, the majority of video game writers, what have you, I would say fall into the critic side than the journalist. You have like Jason Schreier, uh, Cl- uh, Patrick Kleptic, who are journalists, who are, you know, digging up a lot of news stories and fact-checking and just doing all the research and all that jazz, whereas someone like Philip or many who talk about games and whether they like them or not and all that kind of jazz and find other news stories and then talk about their opinions on them. It's, that's criticism. You know, it's not journalism. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just it's an important distinction. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just... I can't see any company hiring him after this. It is it is very damning. Uh, I could only see him potentially maybe maybe as a good video editor, and he could just do that and not any job, no role where he's actually creating the words or writing uh, anything at all. But maybe editing videos or doing stuff like that, things on the back end, because uh, you can't plagiarize. You, I mean, you can plagiarize some styles like, hey, I created the I created the the window wipe thing i did that i found that thing all by myself i made it up uh so there's that kind of potential but um yeah it's just a it's a really shitty situation and i feel bad for all the other employees at ign who are going to be looked at uh, with scrutiny over the over the you know following week and change or whatever who knows how long that will just like you know it sucks that what he did hurts himself incredibly so in the long run for his entire life but it temporarily hurts all the other people working at IGN and I don't want to like do any character assassination kind of things or anything but like I also just wasn't a fan of his in general um after Jose left NVC never felt the same and I, I don't remember if he came on right away after Jose left or not, but I never liked him on that. He did a thing with like playing Mario Tennis with the kind of funny people who, where I was incredibly annoyed by the whole personality thing he was putting on. He was really, really annoying. Um, and I was always happy when I saw him lose in that tournament. Um, yeah, so... 
the one positive I'd say that comes out of this is that maybe NVC will be worth listening to again. I, I personally would like it if Sam was the host and then the other two regulars were Pierre and uh, Brian Altano. Uh, and then you could throw on some of the other people when they're when they're very knowledgeable about a certain topic like Pokemon or whatnot, um, which I talked about with m my friend John about. I, that's like the perfect crew. And I would definitely, because I don't have a, a Nintendo podcast I currently listen to. And it used to be NBC because I was, a, I, I loved Jose. Uh, Jose was a treasure. And when he left, it was a very sad thing. Um, but yeah, there'll be links in the post. For, to the the actual IGN article that has this statement about everything, and then the Kotaku one, which has details about the whole story, the situation, and a link to and examples of the other example of plagiarism. Uh, and who knows, maybe it'll be updated later with more examples. Um, we shall see how it all plays out. Moving on to 1979 Revolution, called Black Friday, which is this indie game about the Iranian Revolution that is just a telltale game it is incredibly derivative of a the telltale formula with your dialogue choices and your swiping in directions or mashing a button to do certain quick time events and the thing about 1979 revolution is that as a game it is not fun it is not a great game if you're looking for a good time if you're looking for some interesting mechanics or anything like that don't even bother coming anywhere near 1979 revolution but if you want some interactive history if you want some educational gaming if you are a history buff and you don't know that much or you don't know anything about the iranian revolution and you want to learn about it 1979 revolution is great for that it is great for that it is a very short experience it's probably about two hours and i don't see any real reason to play through it again it is also, uh, I played on Xbox One, it is also $12, so it's about the length, even kind of shorter than majority of Telltale single episodes that run about 5 bucks, and over twice the price, so it's a bit pricey for what you're getting, but... I think if you are somebody who is interested in the history of this and you want to learn about it in a more interactive way than just reading up on it or whatnot, it's decent for that. But the gameplay is very derivative of Telltale games, and it isn't fun. And there are some really weird moments in the story that don't make... They, they just feel super gamey, and it's just like, why am I even doing this? It is like, there is a point I'll get maybe a minor uh, somewhat spoilery but like it's a two-hour thing and it's the story and what happens in it isn't really important it's uh, the things you learn and like you'll take pictures of stuff because you play this character who's a photographer you'll take pictures of things and then you can click a little button y button on xbox and it'll give you a few paragraphs uh, of information about like okay this you know there was a lot of this or a lot of that or like this person did this etc and there's a lot of information in there a lot of reading um, but there's a, there's a part where somebody gets badly injured and they got glass in them and a shearing knife, I think, in their stomach and you pull all this stuff out and then you help them. Some other people come by and they carry them away through this alley and they tell you, hey, make sure you pick up 
all the evidence of him so that no one knows he was here. And then you're just following this trail. It's very, completely linear. It's just this one thing. There's nothing behind you. And you're just picking up maybe four or five items of his so that uh, he doesn't get caught, so that people don't know he was there. And it's just ridiculous. All like, okay, he dropped his wallet. He dropped his wallet. He dropped a journal that I never even saw him having. He dropped, like, a few other things. And it just it seemed like he was just dropping shit to drop shit. It's like, well, how does he? Dr- how did he drop all this shit on the way out there? Like, how did he drop all of this crap? He dropped his wallet. He dropped this. He dropped an umbrella. He dropped his pants. Like, I don't know what was going on with this guy that he just decided to drop everything while he was being carried away because he was badly injured. He couldn't walk on his own accord. Um, and there is this story bit with one character who, because you're. It, it's cutting back between the past and then the future where you're being interrogated and asked about what you had, what you did and what happened. And there's a character who is in the future with you and a point where you have to save either that character or another character. And I saved the other character. Like I didn't even feel like an important choice because I already knew this one character was alive because they're here in the future. So why would I not save the other person? It doesn't make any sense. That was a weird moment. Uh, it ends incredibly abruptly where the interrogator is asking you, where is this? I think BB was her name, uh, one of the leaders of the revolution. And it's like, where is she? And then your character's like, I don't know her. I'm not going to tell you. And then it just ends. It, it doesn't keep going. It's just like, that is a weird way to end it. Uh, it feels like it's unfinished. Uh, and maybe being only two hours, it is unfinished, and they just didn't get the fu- like they didn't have the funding to finish it, and never felt like updating it. I don't know, but um, every time there's somewhat of a significant choice to make, it doesn't feel that earned, or like it doesn't feel like it's important what decision you make, which is a bit frustrating. Um. I mean, like like I said, overall, as a game, it's not that fun, and it is a bit frustrating, and it's not that impactful. Like, the choices I make never felt like I was making important choices. It just felt like I was doing things that I had to do. Um, and you can choose to be peaceful or non-peaceful as a protester. Um the the acting is fine the writing is fine but really the only reason to play 1979 revolution black friday is if you are somewhat interested in the history of the Iranian revolution and you want to learn more about it and you want to do it in a somewhat interactive way uh it's not super interactive uh and there there are times where you can fail you can die um and then you just restart from the closest checkpoint. But I it, it, like I mean that's the thing though. Uh, that's all I can really say about it is that if you're interested in the history of the whole thing in the Iranian Revolution, definitely check it out. If you're not, there is l- absolutely no reason to play the game. If you're look at it and you're like, well, I like Telltale games, but I'm not really all that interested in the Iranian Revolution. Go play a Telltale game. Go play one again if you play them all. 
there's no reason to play this because gameplay wise story wise writing wise it, it is nowhere near that level and the choices you make aren't all that interesting they don't feel like oh i'm i'm because even when you're making these choices there are things that just feel like okay well this is going to happen like the story is even that that's the same in telltale games as well it's just like i don't know it's it's just not a great game it's just an interesting history lesson and i'm happy i played through it because i got to learn some stuff and all that jazz but i never need to play it again and i have no desire to ever play it again because it just wasn't any fun the only reason i would ever play through it and the only reason why you might get more time out of it is if you are somebody who is into trophies and achievements and all that jazz and you want to like it shouldn't be too hard to get all of the achievements and all that jazz uh, I ended up with like 500, 490 or something after my two-hour playthrough. Um, so yeah, there's that. And I think that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, my on list, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I am the Kush 3 The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are both streaming, or both available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play and apple Podcasts. and if you like crazy kooky art and you want to check some of it out go over to pxsart.com and check some out over there and if you see something you like you can click on the link and get a print of whatever piece you fancy and if you fancy supporting the site in general and everything we do please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that away with a buck or two, or however many bucks you feel like given a month. If you have actual bucks, you know, Milwaukee bucks, I, I will take all the Milwaukee bucks. And of course, I'm talking about trading cards for the Milwaukee bucks, which I don't even think that team exists anymore. I, which is to say, I don't think the Milwaukee bucks exist in Milwaukee or as the bucks. I don't know. I don't follow the NBA. Do they still exist? Please tell me. That is the most important thing I've ever wanted to know, and I could Google it right now, but I want you to tell me. So, tell me that after you listen to the show. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye.